Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome into the US WNT Hour show. I'm your host, Lisa Roman, alongside former US international Lori Lindsay. You can join us live on youtube.com slash attacking third every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Join the conversation in the YouTube chat. And you can listen to all US WNT Hour episodes on the Attacking Third podcast. Be sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Lori, welcome in. Happy Monday. How are you doing? Show off the guns for everyone. Uh, yeah, joking off screen that I have my muscle tee on for you, Elise. But it's great to be here, as always. How are you doing? I am good. Um, I mean, we we tend to chat about the weather. We're both in Philly. It's lovely today. We've, we're not super humid. It's just the sun is shining. It's perfect June weather right now, honestly. It's lovely. Yeah, we are looking out. Um, it, and yesterday was my one of my first weekends um, at home here in Philly, well, I guess part of the weekend. I was here most of the time yesterday, but not on Saturday. It was beautiful yesterday, too. So, like, look at us looking out. It's awesome. Oh, it is about time we get some good weather here in Philadelphia. Uh, we've got a lot to get through today because there's been a lot happening across the NWSL. We've had so many midweek games happening. So, instead of just six games a week, we've got, like, seven teams to or 12 teams to recap and seven games happening. So we're going to do a little bit of player evals from the NWSL and everything's happening there. There is some news that broke on Sunday yesterday about Katarina Macario and Delori. We are giving our 23 player wish list roster for Vlako Andonovsky. That's probably my favorite thing that we get to do. Talk about the 23 players that we want to see called into camp, how they could rotate, um, and maybe a 24th player. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but before we get into it all, I want to remind everyone that we have a $100 Paramount Plus gift card to give away today. It is a full year subscription at Paramount Plus. We've had winners so far. Shout out to Morin who won last week. Congratulations to her. She got her $100 gift card. All you need to do is like this video and drop your social media handle in the chat. Don't put the at symbol, but drop your social media handle, Twitter, Instagram in the chat. You'll get a DM from us if you are our winner. We've got $100 to give away and we want to do that for you. Lori, let's dive into some content here. Lots of NWSL game ha games happening. Uh, Alex Maureen, she gets another couple of goals this weekend. She is leading the league in goals. S eight goals, seven games for her. Margaret Purse, she nets a goal for Gotham FC. Andy Sullivan is back in the midfield for Washington Spirit. Mallory Pugh is back in full form. She's got four goals in her last four games. Rose Lavelle, she leads the NWSL in shots and shots on goal. There's... U.S. women's national team players all across the NWSL that are 
on fire right now. What are you looking at when you're watching all these games? Which players are standing out to you? <laughs> uh, well, sad thing is that Pew is on Pew is on fire, and I completely agree. I think hands yeah. down, Mal Pew is um, in the best form out of anybody in the NBSL. So, so fun to watch. Obviously, leading her team, I think Chicago has been a huge surprise. I was not high on them coming in, and I think they have certainly um, been a pleasant surprise. They're fun to watch. So, uh, Mal Pugh, I think Sophia Smith continues to perform well. And granted, didn't have a goal this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one thing about Sophia Smith is we're starting to see even more of the ev- evolution of her game and just different parts come about, like, like her defensive presence. I mean, I think she's a constant threat to the back line, but obviously always the focal point and winning the ball, whether it's in behind, um, with her back to goal. So I think there's like some little bits of her game that we're seeing stand out more and more. Um, which is exciting not only for the U.S., but for Portland as well. Um, and then I would say Becky Sauerbrunn is a fun mm-hmm. one. That's um, in terms of her her coming back, getting some more consistent minutes. I think that is um, needed for this U.S. Women's National Team, especially with Dahl Kemper's, you know, where she is with the recovery of her, her broken ribs So or rib. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of teams – plugging along a lot of players plugging along. Um, it's an interesting time in the league itself. Um, you've got to start to grind a little bit, I think, before you head into this next window and um, qualifiers when, when players will be gone. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting time because all of these players know that Vlako Andonovsky is watching them with their yeah. club teams, and it's the time to shine. I think what we're seeing, you give a shout out to Sophia Smith, forward with the Portland Thorns. I've been really impressed with her. I think her game has elevated in the last few weeks in the NWSL. We've seen her with the national team and she can be a superstar and she can score goals. But I think throughout the Challenge Cup, we weren't seeing full potential from Sophia Smith. And now throughout this regular season with Portland, she is coming a little bit more into form and in a sense, having so much more confidence on the ball to take shots, put them away, send crosses into the box to to get assists. Her partnership with Christine Sinclair is really fun to watch and it's developing. And that's really promising to watch a young forward that doesn't look to do everything all her own. She looks to combine with the players around her. And that's what we're seeing from Smith. Um, I've also been really impressed with Casey Murphy, goalkeeper for North Carolina Courage. She was out a bit to injury. Um, She came back due to necessity, honestly, to start and kind of got thrown into that role. But now with North Carolina, they are coming off their very first win of this regular season. But Casey Murphy is a goalkeeper for the national team that did so tremendously well in November for the friendlies in Australia and then ended up getting injured for the start of the 2022 NWSL season. So her form, I was nervous about um, heading into this June international window and qualifiers coming up. Because the goalkeeper position's not, there's not a lot of depth there right now for Vlako Andonovsky. So he needs players that are in form, including um, Casey Murphy, for sure. And uh, Alex Morgan, I mean, she's got eight goals, Lori. Four of them are penalty kicks, though. But her form, is it the same that we saw five years ago when she was on fire with the national team? Is it a different type of style that we're seeing from her? What are you noticing from Alex Morgan? 
Well, I think what we're noticing is that she's converting, right? And you can make the argument that like half of those goals have been off of penalty penalty kicks, right? But she's still stepping up and converting the penalty kicks when needed. And I think it's also interesting to look at like how the team is um, earning those penalty kicks, like mm-hmm. um, against Kansas City on Saturday, forcing the handball and Elizabeth Ball, right? There is good pressure. I mean, listen, is this the same form that we've seen Alex Morgan in the years past? Uh, It's hard to say because we haven't seen her with the U.S. Women's National Team. Yes, this is the best form I think that we've seen her in um, in the NWSL. But, I mean, she's even talked about it because I would say that I still don't think we're seeing the best of Alex Morgan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in some ways San Diego, yes, like they're leading the league, right? Um, They're number one right now, but not much is separating the one team. I mean, a few games – going either yeah. way the whole board of standings right looks completely different so i don't put much at stake in what's going on with the standings but with alex morgan in san diego i don't love the way that they attack right now i think it's pretty predictable and um especially with the front runners they have i think they could be doing a lot more damage to some of these defenses than um we're actually seeing but i would say Alex is working incredibly hard for her team. I think she's trying to be an outlet. She is putting a ton of pressure on defensively and they're forcing, they're forcing these mistakes on teams, right? They're putting them, these defenses in the opposition um, in precarious positions that are forcing the, the, um, the penalty kicks, but Mm -hmm. then also she's putting herself in, in good positions and then is showing what she's always done in her career, which is be a clinical finisher. I think back to the North Carolina game a couple weeks ago, right? Not a ton of chances for um, North Carolina or Alex, but she finds that one splits the two center backs and then like honestly made no mistake about it. It was a terrific finish. So um, wasn't a convincing um, goal. The second, the tying goal, right? Like it was like right. a little hobbled pass from Jakobsen, but like, listen, who cares? It's what you find the back of the net. She made it. So those are the, I, I think that it's an interesting conversation if she's in her best form. I don't know, but she's scoring goals and that's what matters. And I think that's what you are graded on when you're an attacker. Yeah. I think another player that is almost in a similar boat is Ashley Hatch. She's not necessarily scoring a lot of goals for Washington right now. I mean, she's not, but she's also being played in different positions and Washington's been hit with a hefty schedule of back-to-back games in the NWSL. But it's something from Hatch is I like her in the middle way more than on the flank. And we've seen her a lot in the width um, with Washington and Chris Ward. So that's interesting to me to see how she, Ashley Hatch, is adjusting to playing that forward role um, with tired legs and a lot of different player rotation around her. But I'm almost wanting a bit more from Hatch in that front line with what I'm seeing from her. Yeah, I think the thing that we have to keep in mind is that, and you just alluded to it, listen, they've played a ton of games. It has been, they have, I think, hit worse with the worst with this schedule, um, the amount of games, the exhaustion. I think the attack out, you know, when you think of the attack for spirit, you think of Sanchez, Hatch, and Rodman, right? Rodman was out this last game. Sanchez has been in, in and out. Um, and so I, I think it's tough to grade or, or, you know, say that we want a little bit more. I, I, I think that's a fair comment from you. I'm just saying just this, these last several weeks is, I think has been unfair in some ways. <laughs> um, but, you know, and we're going to get into this in a, in a little bit with the injury to Kat Macario, but I think that provides a different look for a hatch um, because I was just speaking this to somebody else before this um, that, you know, I think for the U S now that that number nine essentially could be open up, 
I would maybe go with a hatch over an Alex Morgan in that position because of the versatility of a hatch playing back to goal. Um, feels like she's more comfortable checking back into almost a 10 role. So I, you know, some of my thought process will change now that cat's out for the, at least the foreseeable future and um, who fills that role, I think um, looks a little bit different now with the needs and the players that are going to be around that center forward um, yeah. come June window and qualification in July. It completely. I know that the talk about the front line and Katarina Macario, we're going to get to that in a second. I want to finish one more thought on this about the player vows in the league right now. I want to look at the midfield across the NWSL because Andy Sullivan is back in form with Washington Spirit. She's getting consistent minutes. Um, she's slotting into that midfield that has played very well without her in that role. And now it's time for a Sullivan to command that defensive six role because when we look at the the U.S. roster right now it's not that deep I mean Jalen Howe for Racing Louisville is playing in that role but I I'm not I'm she's being outshined by Savannah DeMello for Racing Louisville and other players um, but Andy Sullivan in the midfield is doing really well for Washington Spirit I think Rose Lavelle with OL Reign we're seeing really magical things um, with her playing in that midfield with wingbacks with OL Reign and, and having the forwards despite OL Reign creating so many opportunities not being able to score Rose Lavelle is a huge factor in the fact that they are creating so many chances and as an attacking midfielder that is really fun and really good to see knowing that um, she's playing in the midfield for the U.S. team. Lindsay Horan with Lyon dealing with a bit of an injury, but she's still powering through that, hoping to continue to get better. When you look across the the league and even in Lyon in Europe with Lindsay Horan at the midfielders for the U.S., are any of them standing out to you with the skills that they're doing? I mean, Ashley Sanchez, there's so many of them. Christy Mewis with Gotham. Gotham got their second straight or their second win in the regular season uh, on a goal from Margaret Purse up top. But midfield-wise, anything there for you, Lori? Yeah, like, listen, I'll be honest. No one's completely wowing me right now yeah. in the midfield. And to your point, I think this is the least amount of depth that we've seen in this midfield position for as long as I can remember. I mean, that has been a really strong suit. And, and I'm not taking it away. Like these, the players that we've mentioned are incredible. But I think, you know, Lindsay Horan does seem to be a bit more injured than maybe is being led on. Um, I don't think she looked her full self in the cha uh, Champions League final, right? So, mm -hmm. um, what does it look like for her in terms of the amount of games that she can play, the amount of minutes? Um, spoke about Amy Sullivan. I think the one player, though, that I think deserves a call up, and when we go to our 23 players, you'll hear me talk about it, but it's Sam Coffey. I think she is. she looks like she's a seasoned pro at this point in time. She's played – well, she started every game for Portland. Um, and she's an important piece to the way that they play, and I think that she's done well. Um, when you're talking about current form, right – Sam Coffey deserves to get called in. And then I think that that looks very different because Sam Coffey also has the ability to play higher up the field where she did in college. This is mm -hmm. the first time that we're seeing her a little bit deeper, but then it also adds versatility to Annie Sullivan as well, because Annie Sullivan, I think at her best is more of a number eight, the ability to go to play, make go forward, not strictly just have to be the holding player or, or somewhat of a disruptor. So then all of a sudden the conversation changes incredibly mm -hmm. because then who you play next to, if those two players can play um, in the midfield. And that's still two to be determined, right? Because we don't, one, don't know if coffee's getting called in and two, what that will look like um, um, at the next level. Cause it's a very different level. Right. So um, 
but those are my initial thoughts. Um, I, I do, I mean, listen, let's go with that. And then when we talk about surgery, I'll add in my other thoughts on some of the midfielders, right? So yeah, I mean, it's a good point because I, I like how you started this, though. None of them are wowing you. And honestly, that's the truth of the matter, that none of them are wowing us, um, which is a little bit concerning. But you gave us a sneak peek of your your 23-player roster. But before we get into that, some news broke on Sunday morning. Um, Katerina Macario, Champions League winner with Lyon, U.S. Women's National Team forward, midfielder. She can do it all. She announced on social media that she has torn her ace. ACL. It actually happened in last Wednesday's match with Lyon. It was the season finale um, versus Issy. It was 13 minutes into the match. Cat goes down. Um, Lyon ends up winning four nothing. Um, but that it was a pretty tough injury to watch in a game that didn't necessarily mean anything to Lyon. They had already won the Champions League. They had already won the league. Cat finished the season as Lyon's top goal scorer, 23 goals in 35 matches across all competitions. Um, but this injury, devastating to see her, her announcement. Macario put out a statement on social media saying that Quote, unfortunately, injuries are a natural part of football. Tearing an ACL is never easy. And although I am devastated to be away from the field and my teammates for a few months, I could not be more proud of my first year as a professional footballer and to have helped the team reconquer two big titles this season. Um, then Leon did put out a statement that she's going to need surgery and she's expected to be sidelined for six months. Devastating news to hear about the 22-year-old, the, the rising star, honestly, already risen star with the national team has done so much. Um, when you heard this news yesterday, Lori, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah. I mean, completely bummed, right? Um, yeah. Because this is a, a player that you can tell like loves the game, loves playing. Um, and to what she said has had an incredible year and, um, and continues to progress not only with Leon, you know, played a significant role with them winning Champions League, but also I think really has started to come into um, more than started coming into her own. Really has proven to be the future and the now of the U.S. Women's National Team, and you know, in a little bit of a different way than we saw last year. Because I think last year, leading into the Olympics, we wanted more. It was almost like Cat was still trying to find her way with the national team, and then starting starting this year, like really took the number nine position and the way that she wants to play it in her own hands and has led this team. So disappointment on an individual level for Kat because you're bummed um, just with the injury in general. And then really unfortunate for the U.S. Women's National Team. Yeah. Um, I think the tough thing is, though, is like when you start to see the women's game as a whole with the amount of minutes these players are playing and the competitiveness of the games, this is the reality going forward is we're going to see more not necessarily ACLs, hopefully not, but like you're going to see injuries, right? Because these games are tough. Um, the end of a cell, we've seen the, the schedule that has already been put out. We've seen significant injuries to some really important players already. Tiana Davidson, Sam Mewis, uh, Lynn Williams, right? Like all of these players. So this is the unfortunate reality, I think, going forward. But um, also on a positive note, makes an interesting discussion um, 
in conjunction to this discussion we've already been having for months now about like the depth of top and now what does that look like? (laughs) Completely, completely. I mean, as you mentioned, so many injuries across soccer, women's soccer right now. And with the U.S. women's national team about injuries, you gave a shout out to Tierna Davidson recovering from an ACL right now. Lynn Williams out for the season as well. But Lynn Williams was also part of that front line for Black Wendonofsky. And now without Kat as well in there, who is such a versatile player, she could play that number nine. She could drop into the midfield when the U.S. is lacking depth in the midfield. How does this change the front line for the U.S. knowing that Kat Macario is out for the summer and World Cup qualifiers? Well, I don't. I mean, listen, I do think it changes the way the U.S. plays because we don't have another player like Kat Macario who's the way that she plays the number nine, right? Which is being able to drop back and almost play a 10 that allows like a Sanchez or Rose to get in behind. I think the way that Kat plays also, you know, allows somebody like a Mal Pugh and Sophia Smith a little bit of a a different way um, that they can play, right? In terms of cutting in and combining or staying drifting wide, like, I think the way that Macario really played that position, we started to see an evolution of how the U.S. can attack that we hadn't seen in a while. Because to the point that we were making earlier, I think if you put in somebody like an Alex Morgan, who's a true number nine, even Ashley Hatch, those two players play very differently um, than Kat does. And so then there's adjustments that um, are made around the field. However, I don't think, I still think you're looking at a front line of that consists surely of, of a Mal Pugh and Sophia Smith, right? And you can even interchange Trinity Rodman in there um, as she continues to get more time, I think with the U S women's national team. Um, but yeah, I think the question mark is then who's playing that n- number nine and what does that look like around her? And that's when I think you're looking at, at least in my group of players, an Alex Morgan or an Ashley Hatch. You yeah, know? I really do. And at this point in time, you know, I might not have had Ashley Hatch, and we spoke about this a couple weeks ago as like the top of like number one, but now she does because these types of things change the whole perspective of the way that you're looking to play and who who potentially is going to be on the field. So, you know, I might put a Hatch up there um, as as the true number nine um, who has the ability to to check back and link up. And she also has a, the understanding of playing with Sanchez and Trinity. Um, and when you're talking about a young team that needs to build continuity, that's really important. It, that is huge to have that familiarity from players. And then the transition is so much smoother. There's only two friendlies in, in June before the World Cup qualifiers, CONCACAF, W Championship. So Kat is out for those. They Leon put out, in their statement, six months. ACL is typically six to eight, nine. We just saw Nadia Nadim, the uh, Danish international, come back after 233 days with her ACL playing in competition. But pretty quick turnaround that is hopeful for Katarina Macario. Looking ahead to the Women's World Cup in July of 2023, she could be back for that, right? Timeline-wise? Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think you, we saw, you know, Ellie Carpenter is another one, the right mm-hmm. back for Leon, just tear her ACL in the Champions League final. So, um, yeah, certainly. I think it's it's crunch time, uh, especially not only just thinking about the repair, repairing of the knee and the healing of that, but the confidence that you're okay and that you can perform 
um, at a level that you're used to performing as a player yeah. on the field. Like there's an emotional, mental aspect that I don't think is talked about a ton when you're coming back from injury. That would be a process in all of this as well. So that's something to look at. Um, but at the same time, doable. I mean, we're, as you mentioned, Nadia Nadim, right? And that, the goal for her is to get back for the Euros with Denmark. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, it's there's so many. Individual. It's so individual, right? Um, it is so individual. Luckily, Katarina is only 22 years old. So the recovery on a 22-year-old body is um, hopefully a little bit smoother, easier, faster than, say, a 32-year-old body. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. It's not just making sure her knee is stable after an ACL injury, um, because I'm sure there's a little bit of other cleanup that the doctors are going to do while they're in there. So making sure the knee is stable, that she gets her strength back. But then endurance, making sure fitness is back at its top level, touch coming back, which I doubt it'll go too far in, in a player like Katarina Macario. But that's also another factor in this, making sure that um, the level of play and the level of technical ability is still there and it'll be different. And her getting to know her new knee and her new body, it's a bit of an adjustment period to come back from an intensive injury like an ACL tear. And then on top of that, um, coming back in and having the confidence mentally to be able to go hard into tackles again. I mean, I've had a handful of knee surgeries and that's always a scary thing when the first time you're back in training and you're not non-contact and you can make a tackle, how do you go in? You're thinking about it versus six months, eight months before that, you weren't thinking about that. You're just going in hard to make the tackle. So it's so much physical, but a lot of it is mental and emotional coming back from an injury. Um, love that we talked about NWSL stuff. Katarina Macario, any updates that we have on her or anything else, we will let everyone know. But uh, we get a 23-player roster predictions that we have to dive into, Lori. I am so excited to hear yours. You gave us little tidbits of them, but I'm excited to hear all about them right after this very quick break. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the USWNT Hour show. I'm Lisa Roman, your host, alongside former U.S. international superstar, Lori Lindsay. I love to drop that superstar in there. We are talking about our 
June camp for the U.S. Women's National Team 23-player roster predictions. Uh, we've each come up with a list, goalkeepers to forwards. We're going to read them off and go through all of that. I'm incredibly excited to hear Lori's take on her roster. Before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that I have a $100 Paramount Plus gift card to give away. That's a full year's subscription. All you need to do is drop your social media handle into the chat without the at symbol and like this video. We'll pick a winner. We'll send you a DM like this video, drop your social media handle in the chat and then look out for a DM from us if you win. All right. It is June. There's an international window coming up. Uh, Players for the Euros have already reported. U.S. is coming up. Black Wendonofsky will call in 23 players to this camp with his rosters. We get to make predictions, Laura. We have all the power right now. Your wish list, your predictions. Let's hear it. Let's start with the goalkeepers because we've had so much different rotation. Let's start with the goalkeepers, which is usually three to four players on these these type of rosters. Who do you have in the back line? Yeah, I have. I mean, this isn't going to be surprising, but I have Alyssa Nair. I have Casey Murphy and Aubrey Kingsbury. And listen, the reason why I chose those three is because Aubrey Kingsbury um, has consistently over several years been one of the best in the NWSL. You have Alyssa Nair who's proven herself in both. Kingsbury, or excuse me, Murphy has also um, shown her capabilities. We saw that in November in the league, but also in November in the Australia uh, two games, international games back in November. So those are my three. Yes, do I feel like there's been a lot of talk about Tolis Joyce? No doubt. Like she's been incredible for OL Reign. But at the same time, First year in mm-hmm. the league, I think when you're looking at the depth of our goalkeepers in this um, in the U.S., um, consistency um, at this level is extremely important. And all three of those goalkeepers have proven that they can do that at this level. And um, obviously, listen air at the next level, right? So um, that's why I've gone with that. I think there's no there's no need to rush Tolis Joyce, allow her to get this first year. Um, and then continue to prove her ability consistently in the league, then then get a call in. And maybe, you know, not for 2023, mm-hmm. but for 2027. Yeah, exactly. You have to remember that there is a World Cup. So calling these players in is is essentially Vlako Andonovsky, Vlako Andonovsky saying, you are potential to go to the World Cup. What can you play at the international level? I agree with your selection. I've got Alyssa Nair, Casey Murphy, and Aubrey Kingsbury as well. Um, I'm, I love watching Aubrey Kingsbury play. I'm going to be honest. I just like watching her play. She's always got this tough-as-nails look on her face that she's not going to let anything get past her. Um, when we look at these June windows, I think Alyssa Nair get most of the time, but I would love to see Kingsbury get minutes in there. Um, I honestly think Kingsbury could get more minutes over Casey Murphy at this point, just based on play, a little bit of health availability in there between those two. But yeah, I mean, the tout about Fallon Tillis-Joyce, let her get a year in the NWSL. There are other options for Vlako Andonofsky if he needs a little bit more depth. I mean, Jane Campbell was at the Olympics. I don't think that she'll be called into this camp, though. A.D. Franch also with Kansas City Current. But um, I agree with this selection, three for three right now on the same page for goalkeepers, Nair, Murphy, and Kingsbury. The defensive line. It's been hit with some injuries. Tierna Davidson out. Becky Sauerbron was out. She's back playing with Portland Thorns. But this is a defensive line that needs to be good, patient, and have a little bit of versatility and different looks in it. Lori, who's listed as your defenders on your roster? 
Yeah, I have um, so seven defenders on this 23 roster, and I have Alana Cook. I have Becky Sauerbrunn back in the mix, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sofia Huerta. And then I also I have asterisks by her name, but um, I have Albi, um, Abby Dahlkemper involved as well. I think it really just depends on her coming back from the rib injury. I put her in there because I think when I'm looking across the board, obviously we have some injuries to this back line. Um, Crystal Dunn still come back from attorney. I expect I'd slip her into in one of those slots as well. Um, but I do think prior to the injury for Abby Dahlkemper, um, I would put her over um, an Emily Sonnet right now. Um, and good, also Emily Sonnet's not even playing center back for Blacko. And yeah. um, all of the, yes. And I see that Catherine Wicker, Wickersham is saying that Kelly O'Hare, yes, but like these players, we still have three weeks before they're getting called in and, that, and Kelly O'Hare would, be a like a, a player that's going to be called in for some of her experience for her leadership role so they can still 100 percent be called back in and be working within the team um to get back and ready to go because i fully expect those players to be called in for qualifiers yeah i, I think kelly o'hara is one that is out with a bit of a hamstring injury right now but we don't really know how serious that is washington was playing back to back to back to back. So the rest there from her is not at all surprising at the club level, but national team wise, you're right. I expect her to be called in, even if she's still dealing with a bit of a hamstring injury, but I, I still expect her to be called into camp. Yeah. I agree with you on O'Hara on that one. I don't think doll camper is going to be back ready to play. I mean, yeah. this is like pure speculation on my side here, but she's out with a rib injury. We haven't seen her in a little with San Diego wave and that's a that hurts the national team with losing Doll Camper as a center back. Um, yes, there's Becky Sauerbron in there and Alana Cook, but going losing Tierna Davidson, potentially losing Abby Doll Camper, those are some holes that Black Wanonofsky needs to figure out how to fill. So I think Naomi Gurma for sure gets called in because he needs yeah. to have depth in that center back role. Otherwise, I had the exact exact same for you. I did not have O'Hara on my list just based on her injury right now, even though I think she probably will get called in. And I slotted Sonnet in for her um, with Fox and Huerta on the outside, Gurma, Cook, Sauerbrunn, um, and Sonnet in the midfield and, and O'Hara as well. She'll probably be in there, Doll Camper, right? Like this is where the depth issue is starts to begin with this national team who can fill those roles. Um, when we look at outside backs, Fox and Huerta, O'Hara, who else? Well, that's who I'd have right now. That's I would it. have yeah. done in there. Um, okay. But, she's she's not maternity. but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like right now, those would be the, the three. I, this is where it'd be interesting though, because obviously Sonnet has had some longevity with the national team currently do i think that she's played consistently enough no i don't like and what i mean by consistently yes she's played the minutes but do i think she's been good in the back no i think she's been below her average um with the spirit right now but she also plays outside back for blacko she doesn't play exactly. doesn't even give her a look so this is when if doll kemper is not ready to go then do you bring sonnet just from her experience because she's going to be playing that outside back and then I, I don't think Kelly O'Hara is as injured as like because she's not playing games. I think it's more precautionary to be ready. I agree. Um, so that's why I slotted in. And this is nothing new for Kelly and she's ready. 
typically. So, yeah. I mean, this has been her whole career, whether it's her ankle or hamstring. So this is nothing new. Um, and she's proven that um, Flacco really likes her, right? I mean, she's yeah. a lot of games. Like, I am high on Huerta. I like what she does. But Kelly O'Hara consistently gets more minutes than Huerta so far under Flacco. So how does that change? We'll see. But, um, yeah. It's a shame about – done just not being back. I mean, it's not really a shame. She just gave birth and she's an, a new mom. Huge congrats to her. But to have her back would allow this team to look very different in the back line it, with a Dunn and an O'Hara it, on those outside back roles. Um, and even having Kelly O'Hara in there, despite dealing with a bit of an injury as that veteran alongside Becky Sauerbrunn as, as a vocal leader who can connect with young players. I mean, we see that with Washington Spirit. She, uh, It's O'Hara and Sonnet as the veterans in a sea of players that are new to the league um, or younger to the league. So, yes, I like I like what we've got so far. Pretty much agreeing so far. We're, we're going to see because now we get to look at the midfield. Lord. Yeah, yeah. Midfield I, I think a lot of this is, is not – like totally we will agree on a lot i i fully mm-hmm. believe because i don't think this is like some of this isn't there's not that many options yeah you're not going to have overhaul rotation before you're going in well one we're a year out from a world cup two we've also seen pretty consistent even with Blacko bringing in quite a few younger players like there's just you're there you're not going to see these overhaul changes right like you just you're not barring any like significant injuries to multiple players it just is not going to happen um, so my midfielders though, um, I actually, this is where I switched a little bit because originally I had seven in the attack when Kat Macario was, mm-hmm. um, was still, was still healthy. Um, but now I've actually switched to seven in the midfield for this June camp, just because of the fact that, um, I think we need to find it kind of like solidify some things going on in the midfield, um, compared to some of the more nuanced stuff that's in the attack. So I have Andy Sullivan back in the mix. Um, Lindsay Haran, I think there's some, no doubt uh, that she'll be ready to go, but I think there's some question marks in terms of like how many minutes. Right. Um, I do feel like that's a nagging injury that um, has been lingering longer than has been made public. Uh, I have Rosa, obviously, Ashley Sanchez. I do have, um, and this is where it starts to get in, a little bit interesting because my last three are Christy Mewis, Sam Coffey, and Jalen Howell. And I went with these three because I do believe Sam Coffey deserves a call up 100%. And this is the time to do it. Whether she's going in the next, I, I think this, this roster in June will look fairly similar to qualifiers. However, I think there could be a few different changes, but I do think that um, Sam Coffey deserves a call up and a, a look from her play um, with the Portland Thorns. And then Christy Mewis and Jalen Howe. Do I think they've been exceptional? Exceptional? Absolutely not. But I think Christy Mewis has looked better yes. with the medical team than she has with Gotham. And I don't particularly think anybody's looked amazing with Gotham. So I think this is where it gets a little bit hairy with you're going off of the exact form that you're in because sometimes it's unfortunate with the team that you're on if they're not producing and you're not performing well as an overall team then it's like a disaster, right? But Christy Mewis still has the ability to be impactful and has shown that at the national team level. Do I think she needs to be a lot more consistent on all levels? Yes. I think in Houston, we saw a lot of glimpses of her being able to drop back and play make and be a little bit more of an eight. 
And when there's question marks, maybe about Haran and the amount of minutes she can go consecutively, mm-hmm. then I do think Chrissy Mewis, but I do think there has to be enough that has to come from within and she has to kind of like figure that out. And then Jalen Howe, I mean, listen, I've been kind of vocal, like, is she my favorite number six? No. But I think when there's still question marks on if Sam Coffey does get called in, does she, um, how does she perform at the next level? I think Andy's still coming back. Mm-hmm. So I put Jalen Howell in there um, for the ability to like add some depth into this June, in this June window. So those are mine. I like this. I like your call-ins. I mean, you gave us a sneak peek about Sam Coffey earlier when we talked about NWSL evaluations and you've been so high on her and she is incredibly impressive to to watch play, especially with Portland, with what they're trying to do. She's really fit into a very good role with them as a player that gets limited touches on the ball, but makes a huge impact because of her limited touches. She's not looking to hold it very long. She switches the point of attack. She has really good vision and she can read her players really well. Now pulled into a national camp, I'm not sure how much is going to translate just based on like familiarity, because we weren't seeing this type of play in the challenge cup with with Sam Coffey. It did take a little bit of time to get her into this mix. Now, also she's playing a lot deeper with Portland than she did at Penn state where she was playing collegiately. However, the versatility there to be with the national team is huge. If Flacco Antonovsky has a player that he can drop into that six position and throw Andy Sullivan higher or vice versa, push coffee a little bit higher. I think that's huge as well. I, if Sam Coffey gets pulled into this camp, I'm not sure how many minutes we would see of her um, in these two friendlies. I, I imagine it would be limited, but you never know. I think that call-up could be a good look for Vlaco to think past just this summer, right? You have to look ahead to the World Cup in this one. Um, I had very similar lineup in my midfield. Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle. I've been really excited about what I'm seeing with Rose Lavelle this year. She's staying healthy, knock on wood. Uh, she's creating good opportunities for O.L. Rain. Andy Sullivan thrown in there. Ashley Sanchez doing phenomenal. Um, I have Jalen Howell as well. Uh, the depth She's been called into camps before. She was in with the She Believes. She's been in with Black Wendonofsky and this crop of players. I think calling her in again would be beneficial. I, I think it would really help with her confidence as well, playing with Racing Louisville too. That would help. Um, but a- again, I'm not sure how many minutes we would get from a player like Howell. And maybe the battle between Coffee and Howell in that sixth role yeah. would be very interesting to watch. I'd love to be a fly on the wall at those trainings and and kind of see how they play with and against each other and the differences in specific training situations between those two. Um, Christy Mewis as well. I think her, her, she's been there, right? She's been in these types of situations and qualifiers and with the national team. So almost a bit of a veteran mindset there as a player who's been in and out of the camps. I think Christy Mewis could provide a little bit of depth in that midfield. Um, I also have Sam Ewis because I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't see it with Sam Ewis. I think, you know, she's consistently on the injury port. I know. And like, but I understand. Like, listen, I'm hopeful for that too eventually, but not in this near future. Uh, you know, I think she's even training. So, um, but so who did you have? So, oh, so you had eight midfielders? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Horan, Lavelle, Sullivan, Sanchez, Howell, Mewis, Mewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then our 
Okay, so you have eight. Okay. Yes. So then you'll have yeah. So I went with only seven, and then I have six strikers. And my six strikers, do we are we going there now? Yeah, let's right, hit, so hit it with Alex your forward. Now, Sophia Smith. I have Alex Morgan, Kristen Press as the two um, more um, veteran players, along with Trinity Rodman and Ashley Hatch. So yeah. those are the those are the players that I have. Um, yeah, going into this June camp, I think it's a good mix. I think when you think yeah. about kind of Kat McCarry and what I mentioned before is I originally had seven strikers and only six midfielders, but now I think that looks a little bit different. So I'm only taking six strikers. And um, yeah, I think that gives a good balance. I think Mal Pugh, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, I mean, and Ashley Hatch, those four young players, I think are consistently have been the best strikers in this league. Mm-hmm. And, um, and well, I would, I would more so say Mal Pugh, Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman. Um, and then I would put Ashley Hatch in there as like coming along in some regards, even though I know that the work that she does, um, kind of off the ball, but then Alex, Alex Moore and Kristen Press, I think that looks a lot different now with Kat Macario out. I, I do think it's important, um, to have some of that veteran, um, veteran experience that can, that you have proven at this level to score goals outside yeah. of Mal Pugh, right? Like, I mean, she's proven that she can score. She um, has definitely proven that she can score. I love watching Mallory Pugh play right now. Yeah, Pugh Smith, Morgan Hatch, Rodman Press. I second it. I agree with all of it. Who would be your your starting three in that front line if Blacko's playing with three in the front line? Because we've talked about it before, and Kat Macario was in that starting lineup for you. Now, when you look at the six forwards that you want to be called into camp, what are your three, and where are they on the field? Yeah, I think for my three right now, looking at this, because it's it's changed quite a bit without Kat, because that was like, I mean, she was my leading goal scorer, and that looks like a, you know, she was like a mainstay for me. Yeah. But I would go with Mal Pugh on the left, Sophia Smith on the right, and I'd probably put Ashley Hatch as the number nine, because um, she offers just a little bit something different. Um, you know, and, and the reason why that changes is because Alex Morgan and Kat McCarty are such different players that when Kat was on the field, I would have probably bought, if we're specifically talking about number nine, I would have probably have brought Alex Morgan off the bench in different in different situations. And then Kat could float to a winger or even as mm-hmm. a number 10 and you could just move players around. But um, with that injury, then I would put, then Ashley Hatch moves up in that ranking just because of her different style of play and how I think that tends to elevate the other players around her. I think that allows Ashley Sanchez to get more minutes potentially with this, their understanding on the field from the spirit. Um, I think it also lends to the traits of an Ashley Sanchez or even a Roosevelt, depending, even if those two aren't playing together, I think it lends to their ability and getting in behind um, maybe a hatch that could drop a little bit deeper at times. Yeah. I mean, the difference in having a hatch or Macario or Morgan in that center striker is changes entirely how the team would play. You just gave a shout out to Ashley Sanchez. We've seen her play in the front line for Chris Ward and Washington spirit. Do you think that's a possibility that black Wendonofsky would move Sanchez out of the midfield and into the front line at some point? Mm, for Blacko, no, I don't think so. I don't think at the international level for Sanchez, mm-hmm. I think she's better when she's getting faced up and running at the back line. Not that she can't do that in the number nine. I'm just thinking about like teams wanting to clog the midfield. And I think Sanchez will ultimately be better, um, you know, be able to have a little bit more room to roam 
and deeper and pick up the ball and just, and getting behind at times, making her timing of runs, I think is um, excellent. So yeah, we'll see. Listen, let's put this all to bed with the people <laughs> in the chat about Megan Rapino because if you're just coming in, there's got to be context with all of this, right? Megan Rapino was 100% on my list if she was healthy and going into the World Cup uh, qualifiers because of her experience and the different way she played. It wasn't just like, let me just put some people on a list without any context. So if you're coming into the, we appreciate everybody in the, the, um, the chat, but like, let's just not make these blanket <laughs> statements that don't make any sense <laughs> that, and you don't have any context with, you're just throwing out somebody's name because there was a ton of context and conversation about why I had Megan Rapinoe on that list. Right. And some of these veteran players also Becky Sauer run ahead on the list before she even started playing significant minutes and no one wanted to push back on that. So let's just come in here and understand what the conversation is if you're joining into the chats because it doesn't make any sense. I love it. Don't come after her on Twitter, anyone. She's got contacts for her statements come in, Just add to the conversation. Don't just put somebody's name if you don't have anything to add to the conversation because then it's just useless. Yeah. Call them out, Lori. I love this. Call them out. So no Rapino on your list this time, but for good reason. Well, no, she's she's, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, she's yeah, exactly. injured right now. Completely. I like your list. You gave us 23. Um, that's it, It's a good round group of players that could be called in. Now, a lot can happen between now and when this roster is named. We just saw Kat Macario and now she tore her ACL. A lot of different things can change and things can happen. When you look at this list, Who's your 24th player? Who's the player that just barely missed the cutoff for this one? Yeah. You know, this is an interesting one because I had two players in mind, um, two mm -hmm. rookies actually that I would like to, that I think could potentially, potentially get called in going forward. Um, but my 24th is Elise Bennett. Um, I really like this young player. Um, and I think it's just going to take time. Um, and also, I think, you know, given the everything that we've talked about um, with the depth, even with Kat Macario, um, I think Lisa Bennett's ceiling mm -hmm. is incredibly high. Her and Kristen Hamilton have created a, a wonderful um, partnership for Kansas City. And so I, I really would like to see this young player called in. I think she just misses it this time, especially with like just sorting things out, as I mentioned about the midfield and, and giving an extra player there. But um I do think my other one additionally that I was thinking for the 24th is Michaela Clough. I think this just goes back to the fact though, she still needs to be more impactful and partially that could be with her team right now. Orlando, obviously not getting a ton of amazing results and the play in general feels a little bit labored for them. Um, so I think there's opportunity um, for her and she showed that she can play as, as a six. Um, she is more impactful, I think higher up and we've heard that. Um, being an ongoing conversation as well, but um, she certainly as a player I had picked early on as my rookie of the year. So we'll see how that um, pans out as like time goes on after these qualifiers. I think it just might be a little too early um, for the amount of games that she has, has under her belt at the at club level right now. Michaela Clough has impressed me with Orlando and what she's been able to do on a team that uh, is lacking a little bit of creativity in their attacking end. Clough is bringing that to them as a rookie. Um, the shout out to Elise Bennett, the 
rookie forward from Kansas City. Yes, huge shout out to her. She's been tremendous to watch with Kansas City. A really fun player. She's got creative ways to get in behind in the attack. I like that these are your your two wild cards, your number 24s. Mine, Margaret Purse with Gotham. I think that she is a player that's been in camps before. She understands um, kind of what it is all about being on the national team. We haven't seen her produce as well as I want to with Gotham, but Gotham's not doing great right now. She did just score the game-winning goal for Gotham this past weekend in the NWSL, but she can play in the front line for Vlaco. She can play in the back line. She can play as an outside back. Uh, we've seen that versatility from Purse. So she is my 24th that just barely made it. I think if Gotham were performing a little differently right now, it would look differently for her. But it's when you get create chances and you get opportunities to score, you have to put them away. But uh, maybe getting called into a camp purse could be a little bit better at that. But I like this. I like what we're talking about. I love making these roster predictions. We ran through a lot today, Lori. This hour went by incredibly quick, but we talked about a lot of things. Before we close out, final thoughts from you on anything that we talked about today, anything random from left field, hit us. Yeah, no. The one thing I would say is I like your pick about uh, Margaret Purse because I I do think – you know, unfortunately, it does feel like she's fallen out of kind of the mix recently. And um, and I think that's, you know, somewhat to do with some injury, but then also just like the general form of, of Gotham right now and um, not having scored a ton of goals. So um, I do hope that she gets back in because I do think that she adds a little something different as well. And and not to forget that she's also played as a right back. Not that Black would use her as that, but I think when you're – when you're coming down to like some of these final decisions to have some of flexibility and some different positions for players is important. Even if it's, if it means just for the immediate um, future or, or long-term, right. Um, I think those are still things that will be hashed out going forward, but I do like that pick and it'll be interesting. I think hopefully this time next week or very close after, at least in the next couple one of these episodes, we'll be able to like actually break down the roster and see how close we were. And, um, and, and maybe more of the reasons why certain players were picked or not. So I think it, this is an exciting time regardless, right, of like what's happening and an intriguing time just with some key players being injured. It is a very key time. The U.S. Women's National Team plays two friendlies in June, one on the 25th Saturday and one on Tuesday the 28th ahead of the CONCACAF W Championship that starts early on July 4th, all while NWSL action is continuing to happen because who doesn't love a a little chaos with lots of overlap and and players coming and leaving. Lori, thank you so much for being here. It's always such a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks everyone for joining us in the chat. If you like this video and you dropped your social media handle in the chat, look out for a DM from us. You could be our Paramount Plus subscription winner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at Attacking Third. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube to catch all of our interviews and get alerts for when we go live youtube.com slash attacking third we'll be back next monday for another uswnt hour 
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.